Hey, everybody. Thanks, as always, for tuning into Front Row Knowles. KJ and I can't thank you enough for continuing to listen as we get into, I think, our 10th year of Front Row Knowles. Also, a special thanks to Seminole Boosters, who continues to support the program. The schedule is out. Quick reminder, your ticket and priority renewal deadline is April 18th. Great schedule, great optimism, great excitement about what's ahead in 2023. None of it's possible without Seminole Boosters. So to those of you who are members, thank you. To those of you who are not, log on to SeminoleBoosters.com to learn more. And now, Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. It's your favorite time of week. Tom Block, Keith Jones, back with you. This is Front Row Knowles. KJ, how are you, sir? Well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, but it's a. I'm a little melancholy. Ooh, big uh, for word. Any of, for any of our longtime Seminole faithful, uh, we just got word this week of the passing of uh, Dave Van Hallinger, Coach Van, as I knew him, and um, it was just sad. Uh, he, he was such a fixture at Florida State from about the mid-80s all the way through 2000, plus or minus. Uh, spent a, a decade or more with Mark Rick at Georgia. He was the strength and conditioning coach at both uh, institutions. Actually played for Coach Bowden, was signed by Coach Bowden at West Virginia out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where he grew up. And uh, really one of the all-time great guys in this business. Just a truly, genuinely good human being. And uh, just hated to hear of his passing. A heart attack at age 69. Uh, he lived a full life. Uh, he, he touched a, a lot, a lot of people. But I was just saddened to, to see that uh, that had taken place. Yeah, I was sad when I saw the news, too. And uh, unfortunately, Keith, as we all get older, this is what happens, right? But it's another link to the dynasty days. And uh, Van Hallinger was certainly in the middle of it for a long time and the connection to West Virginia and, and, and uh, Coach Bowden. And I will talk more about that with uh, our Osceola insider coming up later on in the show, but it, it does make you uh, reminisce. And uh, yeah, melancholy is a good word for it, I guess. But again, uh, and, and Florida State faithful have heard about it, read stories, there'll be some more stories. But uh, he, his is a life to celebrate. It's sad, but it's also a life to celebrate. Speaking of dynasties, Keith, uh, we're not at 14 consecutive 10-win seasons. We're at one, but we have a chance to make it two this year. It would be a disappointment <laughs> if we don't get to two. Correct. And it occurred to me, and the college basketball national championship game this past uh, Monday, did, did you stay up and watch it, or did you? I watched a little bit of it. And of course, I've seen all the highlights. I just mailed it in. I was like, UConn is going to win this thing going away. So I, I opted for sleep instead, didn't watch the game. But my main point is the college football playoff championship game this coming January 8th will be played in the same stadium as where they just contested the final four. And so as we sit here early in April, the odds in the Keith Jones, uh, sports book as to whether or not Florida State will be in said college football championship game are uh still a long shot but at least a shot <laughs> it's not blanks <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I, everybody's going to agree that it is a long shot. Although if you start looking at teams, Florida State's, you know, in the top eight or 10, I mean, they're going to be in the top 10 in the polls. So that makes sense, but uh, it's kind of Georgia and Alabama and USC. And then there's a group of five or six that are lumped together and Florida State's right there, which compromise, you know, kind of digesting and processing that comprehending it after the last couple of years, that does remain remarkable that the ascent has gone. What at this point, as you look back, feels fairly quickly when you were, when we were in it, it didn't feel very quick, but now it does feel like it's been a big change in a short time. It does. And with all of the conversation about potential uh, sharing of uh, revenue or different distributions and, you know, Florida state, uh, the athletic department under um, uh, uh, the leadership of our athletic director, actually putting together the numbers and looking at the ratings and all that, despite the poor one loss record, Florida state is still that brand. And how much better will it be when that one loss record has reversed itself and approved? Exactly. It just got me thinking about football. Of course, spring showcase is coming up in just a little bit uh, this month, uh, a week and a half away. So we'll get to that. By the way, congratulations to Chuck Walsh, who was honored at the final four, the longtime basketball SID had his, his moment in the sun. That's not bad. If they're going to hold your award ceremony at the final four, there's worse venues than that. There is, and uh, Chuck has done an outstanding job for, gosh, three decades now, maybe a little bit longer. It, has it been 30 years? May have. It's been 30 years in his career. I don't know that it's been 30 years at FSU just yet. He kind of mirrors the Leonard Hamilton tenure and probably a little bit before then. I don't know. It all runs together, though, Keith. I, I don't know. But uh, congratulations, Chuck, if you're listening. Uh, good, well-deserved honor for you the other night. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to our uh, Osceola Insider right after this. Sound like a plan, Keith? Sounds like a plan, Tommy. We are just getting warmed up here on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, let's open up that uh, Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together, and say hello to the founder, administrator, Grand Poobah of the Osceola from uh, back in the day and uh, the day of right now, Jerry Kutz is with us. How are you, Jerry? I'm great, Tom. Got baseball in, out the one window and football practice out the other. We're talking with Jerry uh, late Tuesday afternoon as Florida State uh, is in the midst of spring ball and the baseball team getting ready to, to take on JU. Uh, we'll start with football. Before we get to what you're what you're seeing there and what you've seen this spring, uh, we opened the show talking about the passing of Dave Van Hallinger, uh, Jerry. And I know you've got a big article on the Osceola about that right now. Uh, you know, kind of hit the high points and, and the significance there. He was a, a pretty well-known name during the dynasty days here at FSU. He really was. And, uh, the th you know, the thing that's interesting, uh, Tom, was he came in in 1983 when we were trying to uh, right the, the ship. And uh, he was here all the way through 2000. So he, he helped build the dynasty and it started in 87. And he was here all the way to the end of what we term as the dynasty, the 14 year run of top four finishes. He had a huge hand in it. Jerry, he was a great strength and conditioning coach, but he was a better human being. That's what everybody I've interviewed has reminded me of was uh, he worked people very, very hard, but he, he uh, encouraged them to have fun while they were doing it. And 
all of the players and coaches say that that was his greatest strength. Well, RIP to, to Dave Van Hallinger. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me feel uh, older, Jerry. Keith and I mentioned this when you think back to links to the dynasty days and, and we're losing folks. Uh, yeah. So, maybe, well, go ahead, jump in if you had a thought on that. Well, no, that that's a fact. Um, you know, we're all aging. I was talking with Clint Purvis today about, you know, his experience with Dave Van Hallinger and, you know, Clint's aging. And, and then I, uh, you know, everybody I talked to, you know, Todd Stroud has gone through his battles with cancer. Chuck Amato is fighting a very severe uh, cancer issue right now. And, uh, you know, we're just, we're at that age now where guys are, uh, uh, they're getting older and uh, life is uh, taking its toll on, on that dynasty staff. You know, I hadn't planned to go down this road, but as you're mentioning those names, Jerry, what do you, what can you share about Billy Sexton and the fundraising opportunities that are coming up uh, in regard to his situation uh, over the next couple of weeks here in, in conjunction with the spring showcase? Well, you know, Billy's, I think, 72 now. And in August, he had a massive stroke. And uh, we thought that, you know, we, we were going to lose him. And he's been in a seven-month rehab that's been, you know, an inch at a time you know, getting 1% better, you know, uh, and, and counting your blessings that you're improving. But, you know, he, he went from being totally unable to move any limbs to now he can move all of his limbs. And uh, he's still in a wheelchair, but with assistance can get up on a walker. Um, he wasn't able to speak at all. And now he's able to uh, put some words together. Uh, you know, it takes him a minute to... Uh, to communicate, but he's in, you know, rehab, physical and speech. And uh, he's got a great support system in Joyce Sexton. And uh, so every day is, uh, is a miracle. And uh, he's, he's, you know, he's a tough guy. And as you guys know, uh, Keith, you played with for him. Uh, you were there during his uh, early years. Yes, sir, very much. And uh, Billy's been a guy who's always worked out. You know, he, he's a big runner, workout guy. And, you know, when I worked with him at the Boosters and we'd travel on the road to see donors, he always worked in a, a pool workout. Uh, every day he swam, you know, got out in the pool and treaded water or did some type of uh, calisthenics in the pool. That uh, So, you know, that's a guy that's eaten right, he's lived right. And uh, I think that's the reason that he's, he's uh, able to recover from what was a very massive stroke. Well, we continue to wish him well. We've got a fundraiser coming up with him uh, towards the uh, week and a half from now. Uh, hopefully all of our listeners are aware of that and those that want to participate can. But we do need to change gears because we are also, as Tom mentioned, a week and a half away from that seminal showcase. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Man, I, I tell you, I was just saw John Thrasher down on the sidelines during practice. He was down there observing with a big smile on his face. And we commented on how the, the team just is so much different than what it was before Mike Norville got here. Uh, the players are bigger, they're stronger, they're bought in to, it looks like, to the man. I mean, um, I marveled at, you know, the ability, Mike's ability to evaluate players in the portal and to bring in transfers that fit 
with what you know you know he wants to be and, and keith as you know that doesn't happen by accident and be very intentional very intentional very intentional and you know i'm you know i know every fan can relate to what i'm about to say but prior to the portal when it first became a, a thing coaches like mickey andrews and jim gladden and all the former coaches wondered how do you bring a guy into your program and they fit not only do they fit but the players your existing players accept them embrace them and you know that moment against oklahoma the jazz fans and you know jazz had only been on this campus six months and uh you know <clears throat> we all witnessed the reaction of the team to a transfer who had only been here six months and uh, you know that's that speaks to tremendous evaluation by the coaching staff Gary, I don't want to make too big a, a leap with this, but lots of have thought in this vein. And uh, we started by talking about Dave Van Hallinger in the dynasty days. Uh, I'll just leave it broad and open-ended for you right now. Do you see similarities at all between Mike or what similarities do you see between Mike and Bobby in terms of building something up? And, and we don't know where, you know, how far up Mike's going to go. We know how far Bobby got, but just from, from rebuilding and, and, and piecing together what he's got right now. I think, and Keith can, you know, uh, Keith, weigh in, please. But, you know, Coach Bowden was about how hard work. And he understood that to get the most out of a player, you had to make it fun. And they had to feel, you know, safe, secure um, with what the coaches were telling them. I mean, today, Jim Gladden at our lunch with, uh, we had Chris Thompson speak to our lunch group. And the two of them spoke about, um, you know, a player doesn't care what you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's the similarity. I think uh, uh, that was the culture Bobby built. And Keith, you can speak to that. But I see that, that same deal here. And for me, where I saw, when I sort of said, okay, this thing is turning, was last spring when Practice isn't drudgery here at Florida State. It's competition. And that was what you guys said, Keith. Um, if you didn't come right to practice, you were going to get embarrassed because the offense was trying to beat the defense every day at practice and vice versa. And when you have that culture, practice is like, you know, you're a football player and you go out there and ball. It's not like drudgery. It's uh, hard work granted but it's fun, it's football. And uh, I see that, that, that Norville has <clears throat> instilled that. And so you have receivers, not just running a route at practice, but intentionally running the route to win the route. And the defensive backs uh, are competing for the ball the way you wanna see them compete in the game, you're seeing them doing it at practice. That, you've got something when you have that culture. The other part of that too, Jerry, just to echo that, and I agree with 100%, is once you know how much your head coach cares, you don't want to disappoint him. Right. In other words, you want to make sure you do your best so that you continue, so he continues to be proud of you. 
not because yeah. it's vain, not because of the accolades, but because of the relationship. I mean, I never wanted to look at Coach Bowden and, and see an expression of disappointment on his face in anything I did, practice game, workout, or anything else. That's also part of it. It is, and I think they understand that the role of a football coach nowadays is as much an encourager as it is a driver. Um, you coach hard, but as long as you're an encourager, um, you know, and that was something Nicky Andrews was just, you know, really terrific at. You know, he was going to coach you hard and hug your neck on the way off the practice floor. Jerry, I'm going to continue looking backwards as part of the conversation about looking forward, but uh, Mike Norvell calls it the climb. Yeah. We know from Bobby's days that that climb is, is it's not always uh, straightforward. Sometimes there's a step back in there. I think of the seminal rap year. I think of the wide yeah. rights and, and, and winning as FSU did last year when it was unexpected is one thing, but winning when there's a bullseye on your back, that's a different thing. So how do you, think Florida State will handle that that shift uh, being the hunted instead of the hunter yeah that question was actually I mean Mickey brought that up today to Chris Thompson at lunch that you know winning 10 games last year nobody would have guessed it nobody but this year it's going to be harder because this year you're not the hunter you're now the hunted and LSU will be ready for you you embarrass Miami they probably have circled that date on their schedule and, you know, everybody knows that Florida State is capable. And uh, it's just going to be harder for that reason. And, uh, and I, I agree with that. And, and, and so, you know, what Thompson talked about was, you know, you just work. You don't really worry about what Clemson or Miami or any of them. You worry about you. And are we getting better every day? And, you know, are, are our players aware of, of that fact that they're now the hunted and that uh, it is going to be tougher? And, uh, you know, Chris mentioned something again, Keith, that echoes back to what you can relate with very much is that he, he thinks that this coaching staff is one, you know, five fingers make a fist, right? And that they have a, a compatible staff. Uh, they enjoy the challenge. They enjoy the work together. And if there's guys like Odell, who even when we were 0-4 to start uh, the season a couple of years ago, Odell was that coach that was constantly, you know, just keep doing what we're doing. Just, you know, stay together. And uh, that, you know, the personalities that you have on this coaching staff are conducive to climb climbing further than we are right now. Um, he the, cohesive, the cohesiveness of your staff is something that the average fan, you know, really can't appreciate because they're not there at practice. They're not in those meetings. They only see the product of the kids, but it's an undeniably important part of the process, no question. You know, Chris's speech today was, uh, of course, off the record, and I assured him I would keep it that way, but I will say one thing that he said that I think that is really, really true and that every one of us listening to this program can apply in our lives. 
and it's that uh, more is caught than taught. And that, you know, when your coaching staff is all on the same page, the players see that and they respond to that. That there's there's no division or uh, there's one goal, one purpose. Uh, everybody's bought into what Mike Norville was preaching and, and the players catch it uh, more than, than you can teach it. It's a good observation. We're talking with Jerry Kutz. We'll take a break and uh, come right back. Talk some specifics in terms of players on the field as we continue here on Front Row Knowles. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Jerry Kutz still with us from the Osceola. We appreciate uh, him joining us, our Osceola Insider this week. Jerry, uh, uh, all right, enough enough of us comparing the past to the present. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what you've seen in the present yes. in terms of uh, who, who's caught your eye so far this spring. Make no mistake about it. I love the past, but, man, I live in the present. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, we've talked on this show before about uh, various position groups and where we were weak and, I tell you, I, I just uh, individually, the receiver group is so much better than it was three years ago. It's it's amazing. They've done a great job of evaluation, and coaching, and development, and uh, you don't see the ball hit the ground very often anymore. That's a big thing to me because every drop pass is like a, a pass breakup, and uh, it kills drives. And I think offensively. You have a, a true leader in, uh, in, in Travis. I, uh, we could do the whole show on Travis. He's just an outstanding leader and a, a dynamic talent. But it's what he does that makes the other players around him better. Uh, couldn't ask for a better leader. So I'll start there. You know, at quarterback, we also had a void of depth. And I think uh, we've... We've improved that greatly. Um, I think Rodemaker's development has been uh, very good. They brought in some uh, young talent and Duffy and Brock Glenn is somebody to really, you know, be encouraged about. Um, and so you have four quarterbacks, really, three or four there that are just very competitive um, and are, are developing in the the guys that will take over in 24. So that's good. The offensive line, and you've got a, a coach in Alex Adkins who is just terrific. Um, and he's brought in. I remember when I first, you know, started, you know, restarted Osceola in about 2019. It was my role in Osceola was renewed. Uh, we had seven offensive linemen, I thought, that you could maybe put on the field and trust. And now there's probably 15. And, and I think there's three or four NFL players in that group, if not more. Uh, some are not developed yet. Uh, uh, but, but guys like uh, Early and Sapp, the young guys, Armella, um, they're, they're fighting for starting jobs right now. And uh, guys like Maurice Smith and uh, 
Washington, uh, you know, they were here when Willie was here and they've stuck it out and they're, they've just become tremendous leaders, very dependable guys. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's saying a lot. Um, to develop an offensive line in three short years is uh, just a tribute to uh, uh, Adkins, first of all, but Adkins would be the first one to say that that credit really should go to Smith and, and Washington who uh, have become leaders in this group. Um, there's quite a few others. I think uh, we'll see Bryson Estes emerge this year. Uh, I like the Henderson kid at tackle. There's, there's just a lot of names that, that bottom line and to be brief is we have that. And those uh, OL go up against a pretty formidable defensive line every day in practice. I guess we all consider that to be kind of the jumping off part on the defensive side of the ball for FSU this year. Yeah, well, before we get there, Tom, let me, let me Keith, let me just add this. That tight end group, is they, they really uh, upgraded it with uh, Bell and uh, Mor um, Morlock. Um, both those guys are going to be productive players right now. And, and they joined a group uh, with uh, Marquiston and, and, and others that are, you know, legit. So I think we're better at the tight end position than running back is in good hands with, uh, with the kids returning. Um, you know, Hill is going to be an exciting guy. He kind of reminds me of, a, of like Greg Allen when Greg was uh, at his prime. Um, I think Hill might have a, a little uh, extra step you know, on the in speed, uh, but but runs similarly. He's, he's a he's a tough out, and uh, and then you tell a feel he gives you some things and that are unique, and it gives you a big change up at, at the running back position. So going over the defense. Well, now hold on, hold on one second, Jerry. Before before you go to defense, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but I know thinking back about last year's offense, it was. I want to say it was the fourth most prolific FSU offense since maybe 99 or 2000. I mean, it was a really good offense historically and even going back further than that for FSU. Uh, what you just said, coupled with what we're hearing, which is, you know, Travis didn't play the first scrimmage, but he, and he played, he was, he was near flawless, according to some reports in, in the, the one drive he got last week. I mean, we're, we're, are we potentially looking at an offense that, that is going to go down or could go down as one of the top two or three in FSU history? I mean, I, I don't want to be the hyperbole and the hype machine here, but it feels like the offense could be that good. It could be. And to be fair to the offenses of the past, the game has changed. And, uh, and I think Norville's offense is, uh, uh, it takes advantage of the spread. And, uh, you know, you look across college football and, they're all more productive than they were in the in the 80s and 90s. You know, offense is ahead of defense right now, in my right. So, but yeah, I think we'll be one of the more prolific offenses in the ACC, certainly, and probably in the nation. Yeah, a lot of weapons. That. All right. Well, we, now you can jump to defense. Okay, that's what Keith and I enjoy. Life is over on the defensive side of the ball. My, my big thing there is, you know, that we've really had a void at linebacker. And uh, I'm really pleased that they got a commitment the other day from a 2024 linebacker. And 
they've, they've signed some linebackers in the last two cycles that are, uh, I think, are, are players. Um, you know, we still can upgrade that position over time. But I was interested in the quote that, that Mike and had uh, about not feeling a need to hit the portal at linebacker. That's a big, that's a big statement. Um, they're pleased with the development of the Loach. Um, uh, Dix is, looks like a different guy to me. He's, uh, he's not a uh, tentative. Um, Lundy uh, has taken off a little bit of weight and uh, he's more, uh, I think Randy's done a good job, Keith. I want you to weigh in here, but I think Randy's done a good job and one taking some weight off. Lundy was almost 260 at one point. And, you know, he's about 5% body fat now. And it's helped him. But more than that, I think Randy has simplified the linebackers' reads. And uh, it's he's given them a chance to be uh, uh, more, more productive in the defense. So I'm very encouraged that we're better at linebackers. Well, Shannon is, is a unique individual in his own right. That's the position he played when he was in college. He's right. got coordinator experience. He's got uh, head coaching experience. Uh, we've talked about it. He's the only guy I know I've ever met, even heard of, that I would tell you could coach at Miami, Florida, and Florida State. And, and he could go back to either Florida or Miami and be embraced. He's got that kind of reputation. So I agree with you. I think he really what he's does. brought to that staff has been unbelievable. Yeah, I, th I think he's been a, a great asset for them. And, you know, I think his basic philosophy is a little different than, 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 than Fuller's, and that's great to have that on that staff. I mean, we had that with Mickey and, and with Chuck. They didn't. Oh, Mickey and Chuck would, oh, sometimes that was not pleasant, but they right. always walked out united. And, and, and they, because of those uh, uh, conversations, if you will, or some serious meetings about scheme, it made Mickey a better defensive coordinator. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I think they've got that uh, on that defense, uh, the defensive staff. They're, they're, they're united, but they do bring different philosophies and, uh, and scheme ideas to, to the game. Jerry, who defensively has jumped out to you? A couple of guys. Well, versus, you know, he's he's a different guy. <laughs> he's a special player. He he jumps out to you. I think the uh, the transfer from uh, my University of Miami, uh, uh, Jackson, uh, at, at nose at nose guard uh, in the middle. He, he's a beast. I mean, that is a, that is a man. Uh, you know, hopefully he gets his eligibility for this year uh, with us. But um, he's a difference maker. And, uh, you know, last year, yeah. we just didn't have depth. I thought that when Lovett got hurt, it, we and, and Verse was hurt during the three-game losing streak. He wasn't at full speed. We just didn't have guys that could, you know, pop up and 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 give you the same productivity that you had with uh, Love It and Verse. And now I think we do. I think they've developed Farmer. Uh, he's ready to go. Um, 
and there's 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 uh, some young guys that we're looking for to uh, you know they moved Woody over there to the defensive side of the ball. He's a big man and a, and a factor. Um, uh, you know uh, the development of Patrick Payton. I mean, when they brought Patrick in here, he was a 235 pound, really rush specialist. But that's a guy that'll fight you. I mean, he's a he's a guy that that um, not only is a prolific, potentially prolific pass rusher, but he'll he'll fight against the run. Um, and now he's nearly 260. And um, and so you're you've got a it's not just verse. I mean you've got you've got some uh, you've got some depth at that position that I think uh, makes you you know legitimate factor on the defensive line. There's there's they're three deep on the defensive line with guys that you could put in a game and have enough experience and enough time with Odell that that they'll. Um, they, they can sustain an injury. And that's the thing Norval talks about. When you look at the, the final four, the playoff teams, they had depth. Um, man down, next man up. I mean, I remember going back to the old days, um, Florida State was likened to a shark. You know, when a shark loses a tooth, there's a row of teeth behind that shark's jaw that pop right up, equally sharp. And uh, that's what you have to have in this game of football. As Keith knows, it's a very physical game. It's a collision sport, and injuries are in inevitable. Coach Bowden used to say that the definition of luck is lack of injuries. And, uh, you know, the, you, you can't – the only way you can prepare for injuries is to build depth. And Florida State certainly done a good job of that over the last couple of years. Jerry, we'll we'll wrap things up here. Uh, what what's uh, what what are the next story or two features that you're going to be working on for the Osceola? What what's next in queue for you? Um, you know, spring practice is something every day catches your eyes. So we're 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 really excited about you know you know we haven't talked about the secondary, but there's some guys there too that are really emerging. Um, uh, we've got to brought in that the corner from uh, from uh, Virginia, and he just fits right in. I mean, he's a potential starter. Azariah Thomas and some of the guys that we've recruited and developed um, are, are significant players, and that they're, they're, they've made some moves at safety by by moving Cooper back there and Shaheen Brown. I really like Shaheen. You know, he was an under-recruited kid from, uh, from over in Columbia County that, Keith, you know the kind of toughness that he was coached with. And uh, Brian Allen was absolutely right about him. He he reminds you of, you know, the players from the day. He's he's very tough kid. Um, the potential there, I think the secondary is 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 – there's there's talent there, and it's you know it's just that thing we used to talk about. Potential is means you haven't done it yet, and they're the they're the group that we want to see emerge this fall um, uh, against the past. 
and uh, I'm encouraged that that that's the story of spring uh, before it's all over is uh, where those guys finish. Um, but hey, t Tom, there's a lot of things going on right now. I mean, we're talking about uh, Michael Alford has made some major moves with the out building the football practice facility and the renovations of the west sideline. There's there's as much news off the practice field as there is on it. And uh, so lots of stories to cover for sure. Is any of it that FSU is joining the SEC later this week? Because that's yeah. what our listeners want to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, that's that's the mystery, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if we were all compensated for as many times as we've had, we've addressed conference realignment, right? Jerry, oh, we'll my. let you go and get and get back yeah, to practice. That's a that's a bigger topic for another show. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to get to talk about that this summer. I'm certain. That there'll yeah. be uh, news breaking once all the sports stop playing. Then we'll that'll be what we cover every day is some new development uh, in, in terms of conference alignment. Yeah, mid May, you know, mid May to mid July is is the silly season. It runs from the conference meetings in May until the kickoff events in mid July. That's silly season, Jerry. It, it is. Yeah, the athletic directors have free time on their hands, so a lot of <laughs> start to happen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, get back at it. Jerry Kutz from the Osceola. Thank you so much, guys. I enjoyed you all it. very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. We'll take a break and wrap things up right after this. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Back on Front Row Knowles. Uh, always good to have Jerry Kitts uh, join us for some perspective, Keith, and uh, I got to give him credit. He he he's sharper with the recall than you and I are combined. I think. I would agree, and uh, we're talking about a guy that's been at this for 40 years, um, you know, as intensely as we have, and uh, he's probably in better shape with it right now than either one of us or both of us put together. He still enjoys it every bit as much as he he did in the earlier days when you see him out at practice. And I've only been out there a couple times this spring, but it's uh, it's good to connect with him and. I, you know, I, every time we have these off-season conversations, which we do weekly, it feels like we are feeding the hype machine. And I, part of it is because there's a lot to be excited about. Part of it is because you're not playing an opponent. So nobody's going to be reporting from practice that so-and-so was terrible. Everything's more about who looked great. Um, but I do think there's genuine reason to be excited right now. And I, and I meant what I was asking about the offense, Keith. And I know the rules have changed, but that offense was pretty good last year. And if you've got a tight end or two or three now that are viable options, uh, along with the other weapons and, and Jordan maturing more, it's uh, you're not looking forward as a defensive coordinator to face an FSU. Well, in, in years gone past, you know, it was three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, today, it's explosive plays. And you talked about, you know, FSU and how they rank statistically, but I think they were ended up being number one in the country in explosive plays. And if you can be explosive on the offensive end, you're in every game. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just the way the game is played now. And uh, Coach Norvell and, and, and Coach Alex, you know, their approach, their play calling, their play design, their play calling, 
and then putting people in the right position to execute, uh, they are as good as anybody I've seen in a long, long time. That said about the offense, it feels like the growth or the step the defense needs to take is just, can you get the stop when you need it? Now, to be fair, in today's college football, lots of teams don't get lots of stops. But can you get more stops than what you've gotten consistently? Because if you can, this offense is going to score enough points. Well, the, the second version of that or the next course uh, of that, verse of that rather, is turnovers, takeaways. And FSU's defense only had 16 takeaways last year, if I remember correctly, eight interceptions and eight fumbles. You, you get stops by three and out. You get stops by turnovers, by takeaways. And that's been a big, big focus on the defensive side of the ball during spring so far early as well. Yeah, and, and sometimes there's turnover luck, and, and sometimes uh, you, can, you can create that luck, if you will. And I, I think the line of scrimmage and the improvement there is going to lead to more turnovers. It just has to, because there's going to be quarterbacks getting hit, uh, and that ball is going to come out. Well, and, and not to correct you, but it's not even about getting hit because they get rid of it. So it's making them make quicker decisions yeah. and then make bad decisions. And uh, it all goes hand in hand. It does. All right, Keith, uh, anything else for the good of the order, sir? Uh, I'm hoping our baseball team can turn some things around. Hat stays off to our uh, softball ladies and uh, uh, golf seems to be progressing on schedule. Softball's got a big, big weekend uh, at Clemson. We wish them luck, and uh, thanks to you. Next week, we'll continue to talk football as we get closer to the spring showcase. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.